Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Talking Classic Cars. I'm Jay Ward. And I'm Wayne Carini, and we are Talking Classic Cars. Well, Wayne, it's good to see you again. It's good to be back. Um, you know, I missed uh, the Detroit Concours this year. There's just too many car events going on at the same time. You got to see it, and I want to hear a little bit about the show. But more importantly, you got a moment to sit down with Ed Welburn, a design legend from General Motors. How was that? You know, uh, the, the Concours was great. It was wonderful. But to be in the presence of all these great designers and then, of course, the he's, he's sort of like the king of the hill, uh, Ed Welburn. So, uh, you know, Ed's always got a crowd around him no matter where he goes. And I dragged him over. Uh, we were at a, a cocktail party the night before the show. And uh, it was about five in the afternoon. I dragged him over to a picnic table and we sat down for a few minutes and uh, I asked him some questions. So. I hope you enjoy the interview. I enjoyed doing it and finding out some things I never knew about Ed Welburn. So I'm sitting here with my great friend, Ed Welburn. Well, it's, it's great to call you my friend. I mean, you know, really, I, I enjoy the time we spend together. Of course, like, you know, so many people, I'm a fan of yours you know I see you on TV and I love the work you do the day it was so interesting the day that I spent in your garage earlier in that day I'd been at a very high-end collection and uh, which I enjoyed yeah but I felt like my day began when I got to your garage oh well, that's so nice for you I mean to say I that. mean uh, honest honest I swear to it it would just because it's such a wide variety of cars, yeah. much wider than I'd ever thought. I like everything. And yeah, and I could tell that. I mean, cars and motorcycles. And, you know, I don't ride motorcycles. I've only had one riding experience on a motorcycle, but I love motorcycles. I love because of the art. Uh, yeah. And just seeing all yeah. the mechanical things, you yes. know, the engine sticking out yes. there and yeah. the chain and. Yeah, I've mean, you know, got 48 motorcycles, and, and and I stopped riding about 10 years ago. I'd been in three accidents, and as I got older, I said, you know, I, I'm not going to heal as easily as I used to, and and I decided to stop. I have a lot of friends who've had accidents, and that's why I don't ride. The one time I rode, I'll never forget. I was 17, and my cousin and I were always paddling around the same age. He lived in Philly and I lived out in Where the suburbs. Right I went and picked him up. And this is in the 60s. And you could rent these little Honda. Yeah. Honda, I don't know what it was, Honda 50 something. Yeah, some the 50cc trails or very something. Very like minimal thing. Yeah. And we rented one, put it in the trunk of my car, took it to Fairmount Park in Philly, and we taught it ourselves how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started with a 50 step through. Remember the step throughs? They yeah, have yeah, that yeah, yeah. Backbone, yes, you know, yes, and, yeah. and I bought that for $10 and that was my first motorcycle. And my parents always told me, if you ever bring a motorcycle home, pack your bags and leave. And so I hid it at my yeah. friend's house. You know? yeah, and, yeah. and so I've, I've been motorcycle riding since I was, I don't know, 13 years old. But I love them. I don't own one, but I would own one or two just just for the beauty of them, the, mecha the exposed mechanical, and every bit is so well done. It is. Some of them. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're pieces of art, and they weren't 
made that way. They were made right. as a right. piece of transportation, but yes. the way that they designed them and made them. Yes. And there are certain ones like Rough Superiors and, and you know, Vincent, Black yeah. Shadows, yeah. And Black Knights. So yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah. I love those names. It's yeah, yeah, great. the names are really, they, they set it all up. Yeah. 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 So last night we went to dinner and we were talking about musicians. Yes. And you know a certain person, didn't know a certain person. I was so intrigued by that. Uh, Tony? Tony yeah. Bennett. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett was one of my favorites in the world. I mean, he just, he had class. Yeah. He yeah. had style. Such a gentleman. You could you could tell. I, didn't, I never met him yeah. in my life, but I went to a couple of his concerts, and I was just, as a matter of fact, the last one I saw him at, his daughter was playing with him. Yeah. The, uh, we met here in Detroit. He was at a concert here in Detroit, and a friend of mine knew him quite well. And we're able to go backstage, and I was introduced to him, and he suggested that we all go for drinks. And so I, it was six of us, and I ended up as kind of a long table. He and I were at one end, and I couldn't talk to the man about music. I mean, he's, you know, this legend, but I knew that he painted, and I could talk to him about paintings, mm -hmm. about art. And we talked, and we talked, and he said, you know, even though he had three paintings in the Smithsonian and had been painting for years, he still had an instructor. And his instructor said, wanted him to do a piece of sculpture because he thought that doing sculpture would help him understand three-dimensional forms, yep. which would help him as he continued to do his paintings. So Tony asked me what I thought of that. And, and what was my recommendation? I said, well, you know, my background is design. My background, really, sculpture, Sculpting. painting, you know, clay, working in clay. And I, I said, I, you know, I think your instructor's absolutely right. So he said, well, okay, I'll do one. I'll do one. And Tony and I got to be good friends, and he asked me to join his board. Uh, his foundation supports um, public schools of the arts in New York. And so I'm with them at one of the schools and I'm giving a speech about design. Takes me aside and said, okay, I did a sculpture. And he pulls out this photograph. He did a sculpture, a bust of Harry Belafonte. Wow. That was so good. Wow. His very first piece of sculpture. It's like, oh my God, you know, and I mean, it's like, it's not fair that this guy, he can sing, he can paint. He does a piece of sculpture purely because I told him to do it. And it's wonderful. You know what, I think that certain artists, they, they have a knack for most anything when you're that, yeah. at that yeah. level. Yeah. You know, if you picked up a brush and painted a painting or you had a sculpture right. or you yeah. sing, yeah. it's, it's, you have the art in you. It, it, the art is there with him. Right. Uh, when he turned 90, I gave him a set of cufflinks with Leonardo da Vinci's The Proportion of Man on oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Because he, he was, I thought Tony was like the da Vinci of our time, you know. He certainly was. We uh, talked about sometimes, sometimes him collaborating with other artists yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, Lady Gaga. It, he would take those artists to a level that 
beyond where they had been. Well, it, it, you know, when you're when you sing or you perform with a legend, yeah, it brings you to that yeah. next level. Yeah. So Lady Gaga, for instance, she yes. was known in, in a certain yeah. area of mm -hmm. her expertise, but all of a sudden it opened a new to, world to, to her. To a whole nother, another level. Of, yeah. You know, one of the public schools in New York that he was very close to was uh, the Sinatra School. And he named it after Sinatra. And he spent hours in the theater working on the acoustics to get it just right. Just hours, days. You know. and, and in his final years on Alzheimer's was really taking him down. And there were only a few people whose names he knew didn't know my name. He would do a concert in his apartment every day. A pianist would come in and he would sing a, a full concert. Wow. He knew every word, every note. And then as soon as the piano stopped, he would shut down. Wow. Isn't wow. It? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's cer certain things that we don't know about people. Yeah. And it's interesting to, to find those things out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it would have been interesting. I mean, he confessed to me that he never drove a car. Wow. And he had a hard time doing that. He just, it was like, uh, 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 and, you know, cause he knew I was, you know, cars were my world, you know, he said, you know, I've never driven a car. Wow. I've, well, as a young boy, he grew up in New York. Yeah. And, and yeah. everything was local. I mean, you know, people yeah. who lived in the borough or right, wherever it was, right. I mean, yeah. that was your world. And he didn't have a lot of money and he, he would take taxis or walk or right. take subways or, right. you know. But when you're a little kid, you grow up in a borough and yes. 10 blocks. You're right. You're is right. your world. That's there is no world. other world. That is your, your world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a, a designer who worked for me, Sung Pei, uh, whose parents were from Korea. And he grew up in New York in a neighborhood like that. But it was all Korean. Mm -hmm. said everybody spoke Korean. Yeah. And he didn't speak much English at all, although he was born in the States. He lived in this Korean neighborhood in right. New York. That's where yeah. his roots are, and, yeah. and he, he yeah. realized that. Yeah. And it was important. But so he became this car crazy guy, though. We love that. Yeah, we love that. So, yeah. what are you doing now? What are you What are you designing Ooh. these days? I mean, you know, you come from being at the top of your game yes. at General Motors. Yes. I mean, the ultimate. I mean, you you couldn't go any further. I, I, uh, well, it's within true. your procession, you, you could have run the country, it, I mean, it's, the, the it's, company. It, but. It's, it's true. I mean, you know, couldn't go any higher and design a GM. And, yeah. and you know, there are a couple thousand people reporting to me. That had to be such and, a thrill for you. If you, you know, I imagine you sat around at night sometimes and said, I can't believe this has happened to me. Well, yeah. You worked hard yeah. at it. I yeah. know that. But yeah. from the days when you, you told me the story that yeah. you, you went to the automobile show right here in, De right. in Detroit yeah. and you went to the stand, you said, I want to work for your company. Yeah. Yeah. So tell well, that story. They, well, you know, it was actually uh, I like that version, but it, it was <laughs> Philadelphia. Philly, okay. I was eight years old, crazy about cars. Parents took me to a Philadelphia auto show. And we're walking through, I loved it. It was like my Disney world, my fantasy land, you know, the, the colors and the lights and the music and the shiny cars. And this one car stopped me in my tracks. And my mother's on my left and my father's on my right. And I said, when I grow up, I want to design cars for that company. I was eight years old. It was the Cadillac Cyclone concept. Oh, wow. And 
I was a very slow reader as a kid. And my mother tried everything, special classes, all of these, you know, and nothing helped. And she said, this kid's crazy about cars. Getting him car magazines. And so by age 11, I had subscriptions to Hot Rod, Motor Trend, uh, sports car graphics. I'd ride my bike down to the Datsun dealership to get automotive news that was, uh, no, Auto Week. And it was Auto a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God, I love and, I, and I'd read all of them cover to cover. And the one ads where, yeah, people were selling engines and stuff in the back of, you know, Auto Week. And, I, and that's how I learned how to read. And at age 11, from reading Magzamp, found out where that cyclone came from, and I wrote them a letter. And look at what happened. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So, so at any rate, since I'm still, it's difficult for me to call retirement, but I'm a pretty busy guy. Since graduation you from changed, General Motors. You changed yeah, jobs. I've, you know, the creative juices haven't stopped. They just kind of blossomed and bloomed in different directions. I'm still, yeah, I still sketch cars a bit. Every now and then there's a thought that comes, I'm going to show you one in a bit. Well, you, and, you did it for my magazine. Yeah, I mean, you know, remember that yeah, Mitchell grill? Yeah, that Mitchell, oh my yeah, God, yeah. it's so cool. <laughs> you know, it, it, it all stemmed from looking at, at so many cars today that have these big, bold, and frequently unattractive front ends and I said, you know, Edsel's just ahead of its time, you know. And so I sketched up that thing, you know, basically, you know, it could be based on a Mustang uh, underbody or something. Right, right. And with the Edsel grill, and it just kind of, it would just fit in so perfect. Oh, it would. You know, it would. Crazy enough. Yeah, the design was but, great. Um, so any any rate, I'm, you know, I love writing for the magazine. I oh, really thank do. You. Thank you. I love we writing love for you. it. Uh, I sketch shoes a lot, spend a lot of time. I've sketched hundreds of designs for shoes. It started off with sneakers, then into boots, women's shoes, high-end women's shoes. And, you know, there's some people that say, you know, you need to do something with this stuff. And so, I kind of feel like it's some of the best work I've done. Really? It, yeah, that's it's fantastic. shoe design. And well, you, then, should, you should go out and, and find someone. Yeah, I know. You know? So, and then beyond that, I've uh, got a movie project that I'm working on. Ah. I, uh, you know, I, I uncovered this story, a true story from the 1920s, but somebody needs to make a movie about this. And I'm talking to a friend who's a movie pro producer, but kind of early in her career, and she said, you know, you're right, this should be a movie. And Ed, you're the one that did it. So I formed Wellburn Media Productions. Oh, great. I hired a team of veteran writers and veteran movie producers. And we have researched and developed the story. The script is done. It's been in the hands of script doctors who have really done their thing, massaging it. And we're now beginning to talk to directors and cast. Wow. Pretty exciting stuff. Pretty exciting. I've also, and most people, no one here knows this. I won an Emmy last year. I still can't believe it. Tell us about that. That seems like <laughs> Can you you're, you're the man of, won, of the world. I've won I mean, an Emmy, God. you know, so among all these other things that I've got, there's an Emmy to sincere. I, I still can't believe it. It's hard for me to say. So but, what was that for? Uh, for a special that I did with PBS. 
and it was actually started off to be a story about me and I got so involved in how the story was done that when they won an Emmy for it, I received an Emmy. Wow. You won an Emmy. So last last night you showed me the trophy room of, of your neighbor. Yes. Mario Andretti. Yes. But Mario doesn't have an Emmy. No. <laughs> no, he, he, but you know he has an Oscar. Does he? I'm walking through Mario's trophy room one day. Mario, you have an Oscar. It's a great story. He said, you know, Paul Newman used to get nominated for an Oscar quite often. Right. And would never win. And he and Mario were close. And, and this one particular year, Paul Newman got nominated yet again. And Mario was excited for him. Paul said, you know, I'm not even going. I'm not going. I get nominated all the time. I never win. I'm like this. He said, but it's a good party. Mario, why don't you know? If you can't watch, you can. Mario won. Paul Newman won. <laughs> so Mario calls Goes him. and receives the Oscar yeah, yeah, for him? Yeah, So Mario's excited for him, calls him, wants to know where he want the trophy delivered, you know, which house or whatever. Paul says, you keep it. Wow. <laughs> so he has an Oscar. He was, Paul was like that. I mean, you know, I met him at a pizza place in Willimana, Connecticut, when he was building the Hole in the Wall Gang. Uh, you know, the, the, the retreat for the cancer kids, you know, yeah. to go oh, to yeah. a summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he worked there. It's not like he loaned his name. He'd yes. go there all the time yes. and work all day. Yeah. yeah. And, and then wanted some alone time, so he'd go to this little pizza place yeah. in Willimana, Connecticut, and my yeah. friend and I would go there on our motorcycles to play foosball on Friday nights, and yeah. who's sitting there for Paul Newman? And we became friends, sat, you know, asked him if we could talk to him one night. And then two weeks later, we went again and he was sitting there again. Yeah. He said, yeah. hey guys, how you doing? You know, it's just yeah. like, that's Paul Newman just said hi to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that seeded, that, that really made a difference in my life because I have always adored Paul Newman as an actor. And, and a person who he was that had the tenacity to leave Hollywood and have a normal life yes. in Connecticut with Joanne Woodward. And, and, and then, so now I own Paul Newman's Volvo station wagon that he built. Uh, for, he built one for himself, one for David Letterman, and one for his accountant. And I have actually Paul Newman's uh, yeah. car. I mean, I, I've heard of the car. I think yeah. I've seen Bolo's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty cool. That's, a, that's a good thing. With that 302 Ford in it with a Kenny yeah. Bell supercharger and a five-speed. He didn't oh, want didn't to be, he didn't, yeah. he didn't want people to recognize him in a, in a Mercedes or a Ferrari. Yeah. He drove a Volvo station yeah. way, but he wanted it fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, Mario, you know, still lives in uh, Nazareth. Nazareth. Yeah. I mean, you know, he has lived there. Right ever. around the corner from you. Yeah, not far. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, he never left Nazareth. That's great. With all that he has done around well, the world. Well, I mean, world. you know, uh, home is home. When your family's one place you, you, and you're, you're attached to your family, yeah. Yeah. you don't tend to move. I mean, a lot of people do. Yeah. But it's like me. They say, why aren't you in California? Why aren't you over here or over there? I said... Because I really love where I live. Yeah. I look yeah. out my door and it's beautiful. 
and there's a price for everything. I know. And where, you're the same where way? I live is so comfortable, so peaceful. You know, why am I there? I question it sometimes. But I can walk into any restaurant in New York City in 90 minutes. Yeah. Or in Philadelphia. You know? See, so there's there. And yeah. the same with me. We, we live uh, two hours from Boston and two hours from New York City. Yeah. You know, yeah. the epicenter of the world right there. So there is there is a price for that. You want to talk about Jimi Hendrix for a Sure, second? let's talk about Jimi. When I found out his last car was a Corvette, I started digging into that. Because, you know, you know, you drive around Allentown, Bethlehem, you get to see these little used car lots, and there's a beat-up 69 Corvettes in there. You know, it's like, you know, that could be Jimmy Hendrix. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? You know, you see him with the, you know, flat tire and dust and dirt and the hair there and the fiberglass is all, you know, kind of. Well, a 69 Corvette wasn't something that is like, like a 63 Corvette. Right, right. I mean, there were cars. Yeah. A lot of people put them to the side. Yes. And yes. they were never restored. Yeah. They still yeah. haven't been restored a lot of people are starting yeah. to restore yeah. it because i yes. think it's a yeah. good year oh it's it's it, the coke bottle yeah. look yeah. and the chrome yeah. bumpers for the longest a lot of people didn't care for them. but yeah younger people really like that generation yeah. that's one of their favorites uh but at any rate yeah. so when did he buy it well first he had a 68 which he totaled the first day he had it <laughs> and then he swore okay i'm going to be more respectful so by the time his manager got him another one. The 69 had come out, and he got a 69 Big Block, and he babied it. And drove it for a while, but he was in Europe a lot, so he didn't drive it a lot, and then he dies. Yeah. And it went through different hands. The last I could trace it, some street racers had it in Brooklyn. They're using <laughs> it for street race. They didn't know it was Hendrix's car. Wow. They didn't know, you know, and and it appears, it gets real sketchy, that possibly the car got parted out. Um, but I chased but that. But you never know. I chased that. You never know. You oh, know. yeah. So Jimmy was, was uh, of course, it was, he was our idol, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, for so long because he was such a, a really a, a, a great artist, but a soft-spoken person. Yeah. You know, he yeah. didn't want really to be in the spotlight a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to go out and perform. Yes. And that was it. Yeah, that's what, that's what I understand it. I always found it interesting, even back then, every one of his albums, there was always a song or two where other members of the band were at from. They did the vocals. Right. Know? It's like he shared the spotlight with them. Well, Jimmy, you know, had a great career in, you know, psychedelic-style music. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, my two best songs is The Wind Cries Mary yeah. and Castles Made of Sand. Yeah. Those two songs, oh, to me, oh, I mean, they're just yeah. they're short, yeah. but they get to the yeah. meat of the subject yeah, yeah. Uh, about life. Yeah. You know, Wind Cries Mary is about life and, and Castle Made of Sand. Made of uh, sand. I, yeah. You know, I have an autistic daughter yes. and that reminds yeah. me of that, you know. Yeah. When you just think that you're gonna solve an issue, yeah. The, yeah. the water comes and takes yeah. that yeah. away, you know, and so. The thing that's interesting is, now I'm a Spotify junkie, mm -hmm. and if you were to put in that title, Castle Made of Sand, First, Jimi Hendrix version, but there are other oh, lots of other ones, it. and they're all really Some well done. Really, good. really well the, done. Yeah. The London Philharmonic has done it 
I think a couple of no, they've done Led Zeppelin. Yeah. But uh, and yeah, there's so many great artists out there, and we grew up we grew up in a hell of a good time. Yeah, you know of life, yeah, of, yeah. of, of, of of everything in the world, I think, you know, when yeah. we grew up, it was so, it, it, the it, cars were unbelievable. The cars were incredible. You know, the, the, the shapes. We talked about that today, uh, and, and we talked about how car, going to car shows was such an experience. So, Ed, we're here at the Detroit Concours, and it's, you know, it's always fun to be here in Detroit. I mean, this, this is a wonderful venue. And, and uh, but it's, you know, where you spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of years here. Yeah. A lot of years when I came here to Detroit, I think was really at a real low point. It was a tough city, a gray city. You know, I remember long unemployment lines and all that. I remember as a young designer, yeah, everyone talked about, uh, you know, the Axeman, because there were layoffs coming, the Axeman was coming closer and closer. I never got laid off, but it came close. And there are highs, there were lows in the city, highs and lows in the auto industry, a lot of highs, so many things that, that you know, were like a dream for me. And it went by in a flash, I mean, 44 years. It's unreal. You know, if you really, think about it the car's been around about 130 years the automobile gas gasoline powered engine vehicles and how far it's come in that short period that if we look at people say, oh that's such a long time no 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 i mean we're talking thousands hundreds of thousands of years yeah this planet yeah, has yeah, been here yeah, and, yeah, and, and civilizations yeah, and, yeah. and to create what we've created in such a short period of time it's just amazing in that period of time you're absolutely right yeah. i mean that period of time is just like an instant you know in the history of the world that's right and for like striking a match in that little and yeah that's it. yeah and for an automobile to evolve and to do what it has done and, and have such an effect on the culture well i think you know henry ford had a lot to do with that you can think what you want to think about henry ford yeah. but yeah. but he wanted society to see the country he wanted to see people have people yeah. see the country yeah. and that's what he said he wanted to design the car for he, he fought with his son Edsel Ford you know and said you know Edsel wanted to be about style and grace and beauty and he said no we're gonna make a car that's simple simple to use and cheap and you know yeah. Model T's were were made in black yeah Specifically, yeah, so yeah. they could dry faster going down the line. Oh, black really? paint dried faster than any other color. I didn't color. realize that. Yes. I never knew that. Yes. So black paint dries faster oh. than any other color. Yeah. And that's what he wanted. Speed and efficiency. Yeah. Well, and you think about it, as you sit here, we're here on Woodward Avenue, and there are little shops all over town back in those days. Oh, yeah. You know, Dodge Brothers were down that way, and they made fenders. Yeah. You know, and it... They There's evolved so into com yeah. car companies. Yeah. yeah. In Indiana, there was over 100 car companies at one time in Indiana. Wow. And these were guys trying it out in their backyards. Yeah. Yeah. Some had bigger shops. Yeah. But yeah. everybody got into that. And the Industrial Revolution, to me, after going to the Ford Museum for the, probably the 30th time yesterday, <laughs> I mean, I understand that. You know, yeah. They were trying so many different things, but it exactly. changed the world. Yeah. It changed yeah. the world. 
So really great to see you. It's good to see you. Yeah, nice to be here it's with you. It's fun to be a part of this. I mean, it's, this little time that we spent together is going by like a flash. It's, it sure does. It's good. It yeah. sure does. But we'll, we'll extend it as long as we can. Enjoy the weekend. Here's to your health. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, what a fascinating interview. You know, Ed is this man of many talents, many mysteries, and the fact that he had this connection to Tony Bennett, I just, I did not see that coming. I would have never known that. And it's amazing that you got that story out of him. That's what makes so interesting sitting down and talking to people because you see him in one type of an environment sometimes and you, you, all you talk about is cars or a car show. But to sit down with somebody just one-on-one -on -one, sort of having a beer and, and just shooting the crap, I mean, you know, uh, that's what really makes these interviews so, so cool and so um, intuitive, you know, to find out some cool things about that person that would never have come up. Yeah. So what else was great about Detroit? Because I missed it. What were some of the highlights for you? They do it right in downtown by the uh, Detroit Institute of the Arts, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there were some really cool cars, cool hot rods. Um, Ralph Gilles hauled me over to the uh, Chrysler exhibit. And he had to, you know, he had like six cars to pick out and he and his, and his fellow judge couldn't quite make up their mind, which should win their class because it was so, the judging was so tight with the, with the scores. Certain classes just had such great cars in them. Um, and then of course the George Barris, uh, um, AMC, uh, was, was there. That is so outrageous. It's so cool. And that's what you see, you know, a lot of Autorama cars come to that show a lot of factory cars, um, the new uh, Cadillac was there. So it was kind of cool to see that. And then of course the, the best in show, there was such great competition for that. But, uh, you know, Ted Stahl's uh, a great Delahaye won the class and it's just a wonderful car. So always great to go to Detroit, see our friends uh, in, in the automotive industry. Every one of them is just terrific. And then to be at a Concor um, and, and Haggerty just does a great job putting it on. Yeah, good times. I'm going to be there next year. We'll so what have you, you been doing? Where have you been? I've been a lot of places, both for work and for fun. Lots of car things uh, going on and swirling. We haven't talked since I got back from Rensport Reunion, which was the same weekend as Audrain, unfortunately. But Rensport Reunion, for those who don't know, is the largest Porsche gathering in the world. This was the seventh one. They only happen every three or four years. The last one was pre-pandemic 2018. And they had 91,000 people at Laguna Seca for the weekend. Wow. wow. It was phenomenal. Every car that you could ever imagine, every single living racer who ever raced a Porsche 917 racers and, you know, everything, it was all there. And just a phenomenal weekend of, of racing and um, on stage personalities and lectures, uh, car reveals. They, they really knocked out of the park because wow. Rinsport is Porsche supported. It's a factory supported event. And I can't even imagine the logistics it took for them to put this together. But I, I really had a good time. We brought the original Sally Carrera, the 996 car that we built for cars. We brought the life-size Lightning McQueen. So they were together. And then the Sally special, which you and I have talked about, the gentleman who bought that car brought it up for Rinsport. So it was really cool to see it again as well. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, I, I've been down to the Barber Museum, uh, to the motorcycle races down there. Um, another uh, great event, Motorrad, which was part of BMW's display, was outrageous. They did such a wonderful job. These new BMW motorcycles are fantastic, um, really out of sight. And and then I did a panel discussion. Um, so it, it was it was a great event. Uh, I love it down there. And of course, I 
I swear every time I go, I'm not coming home with anything. Oh, I came home with another motorcycle this, this year. So, but my wife says, who's that for? I said, oh, it's for Connor. Oh, of course. Funny now, you know. Can't um, reach the pedals. But that's- yeah, the Audrain was great. A little wet on Saturday, but um, everything came together for the Concours on Sunday. Just a wonderful uh, group of cars. They keep improving. The, the, the cars come up from all over the country to go to that show. But what I like is that they don't lose the feeling of a local car show, too. Yeah. So you got, you know, you got Duesenbergs and Packards and all these unbelievable cars coming to the show from California, Florida, everywhere across the United States. But yet they want to make sure that they recognize local people and their cars, too. Um, so, you know, so it's not just like a very big exclusive thing that, you know, sort of like Pebble Beach. They want to make sure that it's it really recognizes the local flavor. So, yeah, it's doing that. And then I'm, I'm on my way out uh, your way. And hopefully I'll get to see I'm going to go to Velocity event at Sonoma. I'll be there, too. You'll be there, too. Yeah. Uh, the Velocity Invitational is pretty fantastic. The gentleman who puts it on, Jeff O'Neill, started this thing just out of this love of motorsport. First year he did it was at Sonoma, um, and he somehow cajoled uh, Mercedes to bring an F1 car and take it around the track and set a track record at Sonoma, which is phenomenal. I got to see that. It moved to Laguna Seca for the last, I guess, two years, and now it's back at Sonoma again, which I'm really excited about. It's a it's a smaller track than Laguna Seca, but I think it also makes the event feel more cohesive in my mind for the size of the event. He's going to have, I think McLaren is uh, partnered with it. So I think Zach Brown is coming at, out with Lando Norris. The F1 racer will be there. So that, it should be a pretty cool weekend. It should be. I, I'm so excited about going. I'm, I'm giving a uh, talk at the California Automobile Museum in Sacramento on Friday. And then Saturday morning, we're hoofing it over to the Sonoma Raceway and we'll be part of that event. So we look forward to seeing you on Saturday over there. Okay, sounds good. Well, let's wrap up this week. It's been a great uh, visiting again with you and uh, hearing from Ed Welburn was just such a great thing. But we have many other things coming. Chattanooga, we're going to be talking about that on our next show. Yeah, we'll both be there, which will be exciting. Yeah. Take care, Jay. All right. All right.